May 31st, 2022. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Conowan, NYC Demon Diva tonight to talk about NXT 2.0, the go-home show for NXT TakeOver in your house coming up this Saturday on the WWE Network. But tonight, the go-home show storylines advanced, things developing, Diamond Mine. Oh, what's in store for Diamond Mine? Stay tuned to find out. But before we hop into tonight's episode, Alfred, what is going on in the news? Nothing but news, Glenn. And the biggest story right now, MJF, the saga between him and Tony Khan, what's real, what's not. Of course, MJF legitimately no-showed a fan fest at Double or Nothing weekend that sparked all types of rumors and speculation throughout the weekend. He did Russell's match against Wardlow, uh, reportedly showed up to the building right before the match and then left immediately after. MJF was spotted in Los Angeles, and the update is that he will have a meeting with Tony Khan tomorrow at the site of AEW Dynamite, which is right here in my backyard of Inglewood, California. Uh, MJF, Tony Khan, looking like they're going to come together for some type of discussion regarding his future, whether that's immediate future, whether that's long-term, who knows. Glenn, how much of this is real, and what do you make of the latest development? This is all everyone was talking about all over the weekend. And look, whether this was a work or a shoot, and I think MJF is brilliant because he blurs the line purposefully to the point where you don't know what is real and what is kayfabe. But regardless, he has demonstrated his value because Saturday on the evening before CM Punk freshly returned to AEW less than a year in the company on the verge of becoming AEW world champion. All anyone could talk about is... Was there a plane ticket purchased out of Vegas? Was MJF going to be on that flight? Hell, I'm 25 minutes from the Vegas airport. I thought about driving there and just, you know, getting on my phone, live streaming, looking for a Burberry scarf, walking through departures. This is all we could talk about over the weekend was MJF. So, hey, kid, more power to you, man. Uh, you have proven that you have just learned to play the wrestling media and the internet wrestling community, unlike any talent perhaps ever before. And Tony Khan, MJF is worth every dollar that uh, he extorts from you in this situation. <laughs> I I think MJF is incredible at what he does. He's my favorite in AEW. I've been very vocal about that. I think no showing a fan meet and greet is, is a little crappy just because it involves fans, you know, money. Um, the rest of it, it just became, it's all still to this day speculation. They're going to have a meeting. Did he get on the plane? This and that. And I personally don't think that AEW would have, continue with the match without saying anything if they ever had any uncertainty that he was going to show to the arena i i i feel like maybe it started as a shoot and he and they went with it um you know but i i i do agree that njf has shown multiple pay-per-views now that the best built feuds going into these pay-per-views he hasn't and he hasn't even sniffed a world title or a tnt oh, yeah. title in in aw so that goes to show you his value we'll we'll see where this story goes you know but um, I think I, I think that it's not all rainbows and butterflies and unicorns backstage and AEW, and, and it needs to be said. You know, I think Cody leaving is very telling, and I think these things that, that we keep hearing throughout, it's got to tell you something, right? Well, in fairness to MJF, he was playing the slot machines at the Mandalay Bay, and if you've okay. ever played slot machines before, you know, Sometimes you just lose track of time. You're not looking at your phone. You're just thinking money, lever. What, how do I play eight lines at once? I don't even know what these mean, but I just hit the button enough and eventually I win money. You can, you can lose 
days. I think I lost the better part of my 20s in front of a slot machine at Mandalay Bay. Uh, it happens to the best of us. And uh, I think we have to cut MJF some slack for, I'm not saying he has a problem, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, MJF needs to take a good long look in the mirror and think about, uh, you know, is, is gambling perhaps too much of an importance for him? Well, the Look, fact that you know that he's gambling, I think that's because he wants you to know. I think everything we know, whether it's speculation, whether it's him showing up at LAX, is because he wants you to know that. And we are praising MJF, as I am too, for how he approaches the wrestling business. But that's also part of a problem of booking MJF as an authority figure in that he's a very fascinating case study. He's a guy who uses his real name as his character, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. But at the same time, he's in character 24-7. So the lines are always going to be blurred. Mm -hmm. And what I think happened here is this is part of work. There is a contract element to it, absolutely. But this is a person who's really been compromised, whether it's his character in his real life. And he's going to do things sometimes, I think, to go into business for himself. And I think Tony Khan was thrust into a shoot situation. I don't think AEW planned from the start. They're going to screw the fans with this fan fest one. I think that is something MGF did on his own. And just based on the timeline of everything went quiet and there was never any announcement that MJF is not going to be competing here. I just think that uh, MJF maybe had a private conversation with Tony Khan and saying, listen, you can suspend me, you can do whatever you want, but I think this is best for the character. And then from there, maybe that's mm. why Tony Khan and MJF have just kind of had these backdoor discussions. And I think it has something to do with that, that um, it, Tony Khan is not necessarily happy with this, but he's been presented with a situation that he kind of has to run with. Yeah, but... I, I praise him, and, and I think what he did was incredible. He had us all talking. I, 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 lo I lost sleep trying to find out if he got on this plane or not, right? But I think, and I and I think I was in the post show, and I expressed this concern. The moment became so much more about MJF than Warlow, and it should have been such a coronation. And I tell you, if we didn't know the backstage issues, and this is how the match was supposed to be booked, I would have loved it, right? But you can't watch that match and not go, is he being punished? Are they writing him off TV? You're never thinking about, wow, Warlow finally did it, which is what mm, that moment right. should have felt like. Well, I mean, not to be a cold, heartless bastard, but... Wardlow, work harder, get people more invested in your character. Because if MJF is able to upstage oh. you just oh, by booking a plane you, ticket, I'm very, very okay. Invested in Wardlow. Well, where Saturday, very. no one was saying poor Wardlow. What does Wardlow think? How's Wardlow dealing with this? Someone there was a lot of people. There was a lot of people on social media calling MJF selfish for for taking this from Wardlow. There was. But I did see a, a lot of Wardlow was a forward. super babyface. So if you watch that match, those people were a thousand percent behind Wardlow. Absolutely. Without any of this, Wardlow would have been a big babyface in this match. That amplified it and the fact of the matter is mjf is the number one method actor in all of wrestling Absolutely. his approach go watch jim and andy the jim carrey andy kaufman documentary where jim carrey had to play andy kaufman and he basically became andy kaufman to the detriment of that production to the detriment of everybody working with him but he won an award because they just knew that he poured his whole life into that performance he that's along the lines of what mjf is doing is that he is mjf the person and the character at the same time no matter what Every interview you see, he's in character. Anytime you see him on the slots or at LAX, it's an in-character thing designed to make you report it through the dirt sheets. And this is what MJF is doing as a method actor, which I think yeah. is brilliant. And it's great for creatively for wrestling theater uh, and even to get your contract up. Because I do think in the long run, he's going to get a big contract on all of this. But anybody working with MJF has to realize that this man is method 1000. He's what Jared Leto was doing as the Joker when he was putting well. condoms in people's locker rooms. 
not not quite that far. Uh, so Joseph Bose is saying, but fans have to spend three hundred dollars to meet him. That's no joke. People have spent three hundred dollars to throw away. This is a work. Fan Fest never be uh, never do business again. They refunded every fan mm-hmm. that was supposed to meet him, and they gave them a free meet and greet with someone else. And if you are showing up to meet MJF, this is like you know Don Rickles. You want to be heckled. You want him to you know spit in your drink or tear up the thing you want him to sign. You know what you're getting with MJF. So him not showing up to advance a storyline as a heel, if you're not out money, like you just played a part in this role. And, you know, I want to say also, I didn't see outrage beyond kayfabe when Chris Jericho no showed the talk is Jericho panel at Starcast the day after the first double or nothing that, I mean, I was in a crowded ballroom full of people that wanted to hear from the guy who'd won his big match over Kenny Omega the night before and attacked by John Moxley and Jericho said, I'm not showing up because uh, you know, the AEW fan base doesn't respect me enough. Nobody was like, oh my God, Jericho, you, you, you know, my, my child was but here. It was a panel. It's not like a meeting. Yeah, but you're paying extra. Well, you were doing for, that instead of other stuff, but you were doing that right, with your time. You know, the the you MJF meet and greet was 100. It wasn't 300. So you had to pay $75 to get into the fan fest and then an extra 100 to get into his meet and greet line. Um, so that's, that's the way that that um, meet and greet worked out. Yeah, my heart goes out to anybody, whether it's the people who put it together, whether it's the fans who oh, paid. Sure, like that's sure. a bad. That's the collateral damage of what this MJF character is. Yeah, I know that's the only real MJF that mind, come out of this. Exactly. Yeah, and MJF's mind. I'm sure he's thinking like in the long run, this is going to help my character. And yeah, it's you like, need it's it. Weird because he's doing this reality based character where it's like with WWE wants to make something look real, even AEW, they'll just show it on like cell phone footage and make it look like some fan shot it. But it's still everything's in character. You can tell. MJF has already blown through the cell phone footage world. He's and like so, in the real world as a character. So when he wants something to make it look real, he just does something real, which is so ridiculous. It's crazy. He, here's the argument for why this is all an elaborate work. One, Tony Khan recognizes how this generates interest and this is what people talk about, recognizes the value in that. But two, MJF recognizes that unless this inspires Vince McMahon to fall in love with professional wrestling and an Andy Kaufman level of working the audience, unless Vince McMahon is enamored with that, this will never fly in WWE. MJF will be MJF light. I mean, I've said this before jokingly, like they will lose their make a wish connection. Like MJF will offend everyone. If he were to come into that promotion and do his thing and be who he's been in AEW. And I just don't see Vince and Bruce and uh, Hayes and those guys giving him the cover to be full MJF. I do. I absolutely do. I think the rules change. This this is a wrestling war in WWE, and I think AEW to this extent, but more so WWE and how they're going directly at AEW is playing chess in that getting MJF is more than just, can we work with this guy? Can he get over in our little storylines and all that small picture stuff? It's about how is this going to hurt AEW? And given how great they've done with Cody Rhodes, that is going to change a lot of people's opinion in that position, whether it's MJF, Wardlow, Jade Cargill, people who you know WWE would love. And at the same time, getting MJF would hurt AEW more than it would give WWE this headache. And I think just like how they're making Cody the exact same presentation as he was in AEW, they would bring MJF and yeah, he wouldn't curse and be maybe as crass, but he would definitely stand out in some way, shape or form based on how he goes about that character. I think they'd give him more creative reign. Absolutely. After every promo, Vince McMahon is going to be backstage and saying, I suggest you make a sizable donation for those uh, disparaging <laughs> remarks you made against the mentally challenged. I suggest you send a gift basket to John Cusack for those remarks you made about his sister yes, sir. and uh, one gift basket to Lionel Richie for every time you called him a little Richard <laughs> after every promo. Every promo. Hey, I'm for it. I'm all for it. 
it's it's going to be I, I mean i i just don't see it maintaining but look uh we all know though the truth though is that much like the wedding singer tony khan was on that flight serenading mjf over the pa to get him to get off and uh fulfill his obligation in las vegas because uh mjf he was completes probably tony feeding cm punk grapes and strawberry and fanning him that's what he was doing Come on. And these rumors about what the AEW starting salary is, no matter, no matter uh, Sean Ross Sapp, when he was uh, quoting the MJF, MJF story saying, MJF booked this plane ticket to Newark at great cost. So, of course, everyone looks it up, and I'm like, you can fly first class for, yeah, you know, like 700 bucks. Like, apparently we, great cost. You know? I think past MJF no-showing, everything we know about MJF is something MJF wants us to know. Yeah. He's curated this whole thing himself. And this is, I don't think it's AEW working with him. I think he's curated this, and then he just kind of forced AEW into it. Because maybe it's an idea he had that they said no to, and he's like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. And, uh, and, and, you know, he's going to deal with the consequences. This is a hill that he's definitely dying on. So whether it's a boarding pass, whether it's the, I saw him at the slots, it's all designed to talk about. Yeah. This. Yeah. And there's no, there's no photos of any of this. There's no photos yeah. of any of this. Like there's, there haven't been like, I saw him at the Mandalay, but in, in the era that we live, the fact that we haven't seen any picture, I saw him mm-hmm. at LAX today, like nothing, it's picturally didn't happen because I'm so I, I'm tired. I speculated the entire weekend. I'm tired of speculation. I need confirmed news by somebody, Tony Twitter fingers, somebody. <laughs> because if not, I'm just not going to believe it anymore. The only thing, and I'm not, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here, and it's because I know the fan base that MJF attracts are grown-ups because that's his character. He's my favorite. And I'm very vocal about fans. If you want to meet your favorite, go to these promoted signings. And I feel like this kind of behavior just embraces people to creep at you at an airport or at a hotel lobby because how else are they going to meet you if they know you're not going to show your meet and greets? And granted that MJF is going to be an ass to them no matter where he meets them. But this is the kind of behavior that encourages those fans to do that. And I've seen so many wrestlers just being harassed in in that specific manner that it's just like, what's a fan to do if you try to meet your favorite the right way and you still can't? The grow up is that like I'm never gonna give the benefit of the doubt to these crazy people who show up at right. the airport. Like there are boundaries. So if yeah, if your favorite wrestler does, if one wrestler does something messed up, that does not empower anybody to follow people around or right. go up to their houses like with Mia Yim and Keith Lee. There's no grounds for showing up like that. These wrestling people, the bottom of wrestling really needs to improve because it's a bigger amount of people at the bottom of wrestling than even like the bottom of Eagles fans, the bottom of Celtics fans. Like the wrestling fans kick all those uh, trash people's asses when it comes to the bottom. I'll tell you though, if there was any wrestler just to be a fly on the wall and watch their public existence with people, he is the one. Yeah. You know, you just want to see what he's going to do. That documentary he had, it's like, I think that's the closest we'll ever get until maybe his career is over and he decides to like do what The Undertaker finally did and lift the veil. If you watch the documentary, it's still him in character, but it kind of gives you a, a, a snapshot into his mindset as to like why he would always be in character and just how committed he is to this. So I think we're just always going to get an in-character version of MJF. But as someone, as a, as a jaded wrestling fan, which I think the majority of wrestling fans are, AEW would be a hell of a lot less interesting without MJF. And I 100%. think, I do not yeah. think they would have gotten where they're at without him. 
I think he yeah. is someone that from day one people stood up and took notice. I've, I've said it. I think every pay per view he has the best built feud going into these pay per views. I think watching Punk become AEW World Champion was historic, but the feud itself it was lackluster until last Wednesday. When it comes to MJF and Warlow, this is years in the making. What did we have before that? MJF and CM Punk. Every pay-per-view, you always have the MJF match on your top three matches that you're looking forward to the most out of the hundred that we have to watch mm-hmm. to make it through a pay-per-view. Yeah. Steve Marcuccioli, 499, asking, could you see MJF doing, MJF doing a successful NWO-type angle in WWE, Cody and MJF in all natural roles? Who do you put in the Hogan role? Uh, Issa, do you first? Uh, I I don't know. I, I don't know that I can see that. I mean, it all depends on, and I know Alfred talks a lot about this. Can he get out of this contract? Because if not, this is not going to be anything that we're going to be able to even see until a year from now. And where is Cody going to be a year from now in order to be part of, of a story with MJF coming over if that happens? There's just too many factors to kind of like try to fantasize about this, in my opinion. Alfred? It's interesting that Hulk Hogan role, it just depends. And yeah, this is so much fantasy booking. 2024 is really going to be the time to have this conversation. But I mean, Chris Jericho would be the Hulk Hogan if we're looking at it like who's the old veteran who was there from day one. And even though Jericho is more of a WWE guy, um, if you're going to do that angle, which, you know, I don't agree with doing an invasion type angle in this day and age. uh, I, I really do think that they should just you could, if you get these big free agents, good and try to use them to the best of their, of their ability. But if, you know, Jericho comes along and that's a tryout of Jericho, Cody, and MJF, I don't think you'd go wrong with that at all. Yeah. Did you guys he, see um, Seth's promo on Cody last night? Cause oh, yeah. He's, the words were, I was waiting for someone to finally start saying those words to Cody Rose. I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> you and your little friends. <laughs> Yep. sledgehammer i loved it i love so when he said you took you best. took a sledgehammer to the throne and now you want to come take the throne i scream i actually scream out loud like he went there that was a bar <laughs> nice uh i went and saw top gun last night at like a uh, very late show at the Amazing. drive-in which uh good thing about vegas 24-hour town man if it's dark out there's a drive-in movie playing you know better than the original are we gonna go hot take <sighs> I'm not really a fan of the original Top Gun. Wow. Uh, I think it was overly fetishized, too popular. Uh, described today the impact uh, the Top Gun had on my childhood. From 1986, age 10, go to summer day camp. I see a child and his mom loudly yelling out, I feel the need, the need for speed, and high-fiving each other. <laughs> I said, F this, walked home, sat my ass down in front of the TV, ate a bunch of budget gourmets, and watched Good Times and What's Happening reruns, and decided I'm not going to day camp this summer. These kids are douchebags. So that, that's my Top Gun memory. I don't think I went to the movies again until Stand By Me came out later that year. But uh, no, Top Gun Maverick was good. It's very Cobra Kai-esque, though. It's actually very interesting, the uh, impact that might have had on it. But I don't know. You know I thought, it was, yeah, it was I a good it was movie. Excellent. I saw him back-to-back. I saw the original right before I went to see the uh, Top Gun Maverick. I saw the premiere, so the audience was hotter. But I did think it was better than the original. And the original's good. I just don't have these warm and fuzzy feelings from my childhood because I saw the original like later into my mm. adulthood. Still liked it, but I thought Top Gun Maverick was a great follow-up. It was enjoyable. Miles Teller. Yeah. Having a very good career. Very good career. What else we got in the news? Well, speaking of careers that might be coming to an end, at least in WWE, Sasha Banks and Naomi, the latest is that uh, it is believed that because they are being suspended without pay, there is a chance that their contracts are not frozen. 
Uh, there's still haven't been any clarification on whether or not Sasha Banks and Naomi's contract are frozen. Uh, Dave Meltzer has weighed in on this saying that if they are in fact suspended without pay, there is a scenario where their contracts are just going to run out and they would be free to sign with an AEW later on this summer. So this could be a situation where WWE is handling it by saying, fine, we're going to suspend you without pay, which really means we're just going to let your contracts run out and allow you to go to AEW. Now, that would be shocking and WWE not fighting to keep them, but it would also hurt their leverage in terms of, you know, WWE does not want them there, so it would hurt their buying power. What do you think about these developments, Issa? I'm just laughing because I feel like this is like Sasha and Naomi were like, I quit, and then I like, know you're fired. You know what I mean? Like, they walked <laughs> out. Like, I get that you're suspending them and this and that, but I would assume that they might have walked out with the intention of never coming back. So I hope that their contracts are not frozen. And it makes sense that if it is without pay, I would mm-hmm. assume. I know that probably both sides have lawyers looking at these contracts up and down. But if you're not paying them, a lot of the times we hear of them making them sit out their contracts, but they're still paying them. That way they can't yeah. go anywhere. So if they're not paying them, I hope that they're able to get out of their contract as soon as they're up. We'll see. You can't long-term, I mean, you can find somebody and they've done that before, although who knows how real that even is, but you have to pay someone their downside or else you're in breach of contract. Yes, yes. But WWE does have a lot of language with these contracts. They've got some of the best lawyers in the world where they are able to, whether or not they decide they want to freeze your downside. And and in order for you to get that back, you end up having to pay more than probably that downside is worth, which is just one of the many reasons I actually do support an era where wrestlers are more likely to hold out, more likely to hold their feet to the fire, because then it'll hopefully make these contracts a little more fair when they're negotiating new ones. Do you think they have some of the best lawyers in the world, or do you just think that because they have such a monopoly that if you want to work for WWE, it's kind of like if you want to sign a record deal, record deals, they're not eloquently worded in how they screw you. They just put in all these terms and you're, Hey, if you want to work with a major label, like take it or leave it, they'll budge on very few things just on principle. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jerry McDivitt, I mean, in any era and it's, you know, he, some of his best work might not have even been in like in the last 10 years or whatnot. I mean, he's had a reputation as a very strong lawyer and, you know, WWE has played hardball with a lot of people. And, um, and listen, people who have been willing to fight WWE over the long haul have won CM Punk being an example, but Mm. it also bleeds you of your money and bleeds you of your friendships. As you saw what happened with CM Punk and Cole Cabana after that, when they were saddled with these legal fees. So one way or another, WWE has this Machiavellian way when it comes to them being at war with you legally yeah well we'll see uh we'll see what happens now do you think anyone even bothered to tell vince about ember moon or athena and stokely hathaway showing up at AEW? and does is vince even cognizant of who they are i was gonna say if they did well he would be like who like wait which? yeah teddy long is an aw <laughs> oh jeez I, I don't know if he would like maybe, uh, maybe it was like in passing or something like that. But you know, hmm. I think we've seen enough former WWE people debut in AEW and then not do anything that it's now like a running gag. Like, oh, she got her former WWE pop. See you in six months in catering or or whatever they do. So I'll believe it when they see it with this. Uh, I'm and excited all- with Stokely and Jade. That could be something, but I'll believe it when I see it. And all still making more than MJF. Yeah, exactly. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> What else is in the news? Final news story. And this is uh, kind of an ugly story that has been developing throughout the day. Uh, 
AEW star or um, former AEW star, we don't know yet, uh, Jake Atlas has been mm. charged with domestic battery. Uh, we're not going to go into all the details. You can find that out uh, by doing your Googles, going on Wrestling Inc. The story is there. It does a great job covering the story. Um, but uh, PW Insider is uh, reporting there is a domestic dispute with Jake Atlas and his roommate, significant other. And uh, he has been arrested, charged with uh, domestic battery. He is not listed on the AEW roster page. However, it is worth noting that he was not listed beforehand because he was on a show-to-show contract, not necessarily a mm. full-time member of the roster. But apparently alcohol was involved, physicality was involved, and just really ugly situation developing with Jake Atlas, who's just had a rough go of it. I think everybody acknowledged how talented this man is. We saw it in NXT. We even saw it. I thought it was a great match with Adam Cole before he got hurt. But whether mm. it's injury or whether it's mental um, problems that he's admitted to having, uh, he seems to always have a lot of these hurdles. Uh, Glenn. No, I know. I saw him as uh, from the Bay Area or at least went to wrestling school there. Very close with Jungle Boys. I'm on a few indie shows there. And uh, yeah, look, I mean, he's going to face consequences for these actions. I think uh, violence and abuse towards your significant other are never OK. Uh, I mean let alone anyone else for that matter. But uh, yeah, I think he's going to face consequences and I hope beyond that he gets whatever help he needs. Yep. I couldn't have said it better. Robert Gounier on Wrestling Inc. Shout out to him. He has a story and goes into a lot of detail and uh, you're welcome to check it out. Hmm. So NXT 2.0 tonight. Um, Let's see the go home for NXT takeover in your house opening tonight. Man, they're really putting Diamond Mine front and center. It's like yeah. Diamond Mine and Braun Breaker. Like, but this Diamond Mine story ran through the entire episode. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, we opened with Roderick Strong and Damon Kemp versus Pretty Deadly. Pretty Deadly getting a pretty easy win there and uh, Creed trying to interfere. Pretty deadly. Pretty deadly looked absolutely beautiful in rose gold. I feel like that color doesn't get used enough in people's gear. I really appreciated it. Great match. It was a little bit weird when everybody started getting involved. And I, I kind of like, I guess maybe I blinked and missed the finish because then they were arguing later about it. And I'm like, oh, so that's what happened. Um, I think, um, and I can't recall his name right now, but. Damon Kemp. Yes, thank you. So good. He is so good. He has he has an it factor to him. I'm going to keep an eye mm-hmm. on him. Yes, I agree with you, Issa. In terms of a debut, like obviously there was definitely things you see that makes him look green or whatnot that he's going to learn. But he showed me something where it came to his charisma, like his facials that he had and his explosiveness. He's obviously an explosive athlete. And these are two things I'd be concerned with when it came to Gable Stevenson and the little I've seen of him. He doesn't seem to have the facials or, or that aspect down, kind of wooden. And, and that's a problem with wrestlers, even when it comes to MMA. Wrestlers tend to, when you become a great wrestler, a lot of that is mental toughness and, and like shutting off your emotions. So he's going to have to undo that. But Damon Kemp doesn't have that problem. I thought he looked really, really good in terms of charisma level. He seems like a good athlete. And I think six months a year, if he just keeps this going, I think he's going to be really good. I did pop when Broderick Strong like slapped him and then he just got all hyped up and started going crazy. I love that spot. And that, that, that's when I started realizing, because he was very, his face was kind of like his brother, very wooden. I was like, oh, here we go. But then when he, it was in character, because when he got slapped, that's when he fired up. And I thought, oh, this guy knows how to perform. Mm. Yep. So with them putting it so heavily, the future diamond mine on the line, I don't know. I don't want, I don't want pretty deadly to lose these tag titles and Creed to win Mm. on Saturday. 
Uh, yeah, I'm with you, but I, I can actually see Diamond Mine coming to an end. I mean, I know they yeah. featured them pretty heavily today, but it's, it doesn't feel the same anymore. So you might as well kind of split them up and let them all do their thing individually. I agree. It's time. It's not nearly the time to split up, um, not even split up, to take the titles off of Pretty Deadly. I think they're excellent. I love that they had two different fits tonight. They had the alternate universe where they even had the, the blue Chelsea boots. Uh, so, no, these guys are great. Uh, them and their crop tops, I think they're just scratching the surface. This should be a long run because they feel like tag team champions. They're coordinated. Yeah. And uh, they're just, even their promos, like everything about them, they're just a well-oiled machine. They remind me of like the Beverly Brothers from back in the day. And I like them. And I think that they're going to win as they should. And Diamond Mine's going to break up as they should. Because I think individually, you saw the potential that all of them have individually. And I was watching the show, like, why do they really need to be in a group? Because, you know, right. Ivy Nile, the Creed Brothers, even Roderick, they can go off on their own. It'll be fine. Well, except yes, Max Dupree <laughs> and Maximum Male Models on SmackDown, I could oh, see God. Pretty Deadly getting called up next week. Oh, well, I hope it's not next week, but... It would have to be. You can't have them debut Friday, but the night before their championship defense <laughs> in your house. Kind of telegraphing the finish on that one, you know? Yeah. I mean, WWE's right. done dumber things, so who knows, you know? Um, but Legato del Fantasma and Tony D'Angelo with stacks and two dimes. Uh, they were on a boat for negotiations. And so there's going to be one family, depending on who wins, like one side's going to lead the uh the family uh i thought i thought tony d'angelo and santos escobar carried this segment i thought they were good everybody else it was a little rough but i thought this did its job in telling you what the stakes were i just thought it was wild for tony d'angelo to go on the boat with a rival from a competing yeah. gang like there's a famous story with ice cube i i think it was on graham norton and he was talking about how death bro invited him to come on the a, a yacht like suge knight and he goes i'm not getting on the water with death bro and, and that's the same thing here like he could have disappeared into the water but he didn't and uh good for them but i so thought this was interesting i, I don't he, understand why you miss miss you're like underestimating the goat tony d'angelo and yes. his power in the water i mean he is clearly <laughs> familiar with the fish you know, like he's clearly familiar with water. Like I, that he was in his comfort zone being in the water. To be honest with you, uh, Issa, are you more of a fan of stacks or, or uh, two dimes? Where where's your loyalty line? If you had to pick one, stacks. I'm picking based on name alone. Honestly. Could you even <laughs> can you even pick out which I was gonna say? Like I should have flashcards here and be like, okay, which one's this and which one's this? Because I, I pick, I pick based on name. I pick based on name. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I, I love this segment. I thought Tony D'Angelo and 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 Santos Escobar really did came off as as a mob boss and a jefe del cartel. Yeah. So I I like it. We'll see where it goes. I don't know how I feel about the speculation. Uh, we'll see what happens Saturday. Yeah. Electra Lopez uh, took on Cora Jade. Cora Jade getting a pretty easy win here. Uh, Alfred, what did you think of this match? Uh, it was not good. This was a, you know, but it, it's to be expected. It's two people are very new, uh, but it was, it was a little rough. Good for Electra Lopez for winning, but not their best match in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it was, they were not on the same page. At all. <laughs> I always love seeing um, Electra Lopez in the ring. I just wish the, the, the match was just a little bit better. I, I, I cringe a few times. Yeah. Tornado, Anthony Y, who apparently is going to have merch uh, coming up soon, asking us, do we see Joe Gacy getting that win in your house? Maybe a shocking moment that throws Braun off. 
No. Absolutely not. That would be listen, oh, it'd be great for the podcast that night, but I don't so see morbidly curious. So morbidly curious. This yeah, um, this podcast would be in worse shape than Raw after the tornado gets done with it. If Glenn, if I can call Glenn, if Joe Casey wins. Surprise. Why would you why would you do that, man? I'm sorry, the Freudian slip. Wow. You know, just I because don't... his shoot last name is the anglicized version of my last name. <laughs> Just because we're connected on 23 and me. No. Um you're way better looking than he is. Well, you know. You know, in, in every family, it, it doesn't distribute equally. You know, yeah. the looks, the brains, it's just how it goes. Uh so we'll get into that. Hey, Bear Hudson, uh, hope you're doing okay. Super chat saying his daughter's in the hospital overnight and all can go oh, because no. of leukemia. Oh my god. Had my daughter watch the Demon Diva battle, and doctors told her they started seeing improvements. Said you inspired her to fight. Okay. I love you, Bear Hudson, and I love her, and I'm sending Tom some positive vibe and healing energy for you both. Definitely. Shout out to Bear Hudson. Thank you. Family. Uh, yes, uh, hope hope is always okay there. Um Wesley tonight. Took on Zion Quinn, got a pretty easy win. Easy, <laughs> like the one, two, three kid. I mean, he took a beating before he got yeah. that win. Hey, pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I like what they're doing. It was like a surprise no, win. But there's a strategy to that Issa. You know, it's like, uh, didn't they do this in like at least one of the Rocky movies, but definitely one of the Creeds? Like, you let him tire himself out. You just have to take it, and then you make your move, and you'll win. Okay, but are you going to die while he tires out? Like <laughs> That's the risk you take when using that oh. strategy. <laughs> Can I just say, I love Senga. I think Senga is amazing. I want him talking more. He's the most lovable giant. And I wow. want I, I like this guy with the suit and whatnot, because not only does he look like a much bigger guy wearing regular people clothes and less like Braun Strowman, but he can talk. And he's this is kind of inspirational in terms of these short, quick messages he keeps giving. I want him more involved. So what did you think of the NXT Women's Championship Summit that we oh, had no. tonight with Wendy Chu, <sighs> Katana Chance and Caden Carter? who looks like no other performer we've ever seen. Uh, no, uh, Katana Chance looks like no other performer we've ever seen before. Uh, with Wendy Chu and Caden Carter. Still not still not used to her, that new name. Uh, and out there with Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan, and JC Jane of Toxic Attraction, uh, yelling at each other and signing these contracts. And of course, could we just have a contract signing where they shake hands and say, may the best person win? You know? Never. Like, never why happen. did they always have to end in a fight? Issa, I saw you facepalm. I want you to start this off. I just hate I hated everything about this. And I had somebody text me that hasn't watched NXT in a long time. And the text message said, I don't know what's going on with NXT anymore, but I just saw a girl in a cow onesie jump off the top rope and change the channel. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me feel bad for the brand, for the brand that we all love so much at that moment. I, I told you I like Wendy Shoe. I can't take her seriously, and this is exactly why. I thought that Mandy Rose was trying to cut a promo and the crowd hijacked it. Like I felt like this was just a hot mess all around. And I was like, I was screaming from over here, please just sign the contract and let's just end this already. <laughs> Yeah, I will say, like, this wasn't the best scripted or whatnot. Uh, I, I did like how they styled it to where everybody got their moment. And I will say that Gigi Dolan and even Caden Carter, I think those two shine 
better than anybody in terms of when they talk, they seem to really get conviction in reaction of the crowd. Uh, but yeah, I do not like this character with Wendy Chu in the cow outfit. Uh, although I will say, uh, I, I, she, the more she was saying sign the contract, it eventually got over to where people were chanting it. And I do think that that was the kind of desired reaction where she kept saying sign the contract. The crowd seemed to be very much into the segment, which does help the segment. It's just that I don't think they did a good job in building up these two matches as very intriguing matches because a they didn't really do a good job of that over the past several weeks and uh, at least they did put these baby faces over as potential they could beat mm. them but i don't think anybody's really buying that uh, because they just keep having the baby faces hold the titles and that's like their only way of doing this so if wendy chu wins do they let her celebrate next tuesday by taking a nap uninterrupted <sighs> for on national television, are she, is she wouldn't that be doing what, the napping character anymore? Because like I know she did the sleeping. <laughs> Why is she wearing the pajamas like if she's not napping? You know? That's what I'm saying. They've gotten away from this character. I like when it was the napping character. Now it's just a child. Even Mandy Rose was cutting a promo on her for being a child, not being a sleepy person. Yeah, the, the thing person. the thing that bothers me is also that I'm tired of. I know they're baby faces and they have to like cut their promos this way, but Toxic Attraction has been a dominated faction for quite some time. We just celebrated what 200 plus days of Mandy Rose as champion, and they, they the baby faces still trying to make them sound like a thrown together team that hasn't shown anything, and I don't like that. Like I didn't like the way that they just downplayed them. When I personally think that they should have just come out and said, you know, it's time to aid this reign of terror but not say you guys are thrown together and you don't have the chemistry that we have because we've been tag teaming for this long like i didn't like that but you know i think uh that hbk jeremy barash and the creative team in next he could be onto something because the one uniting factor worldwide i don't care what political party you are i don't care what your background is what god you pray to everybody sleeps and if Wendy Chu can become NXT champion and unite the sleepy people, because that's perhaps the biggest demographic in the world, we could all oh, use yeah. more rest. I think uh, that this could change the face of NXT and dare I say the world. Insomniac <laughs> will hate her, but everybody else will really yeah, be in her corner. I, it's you really, want to really know really who cool. doesn't sleep? Tony Khan. He held the media hostage until like 3 a.m. Like the <laughs> same way he's holding MJF hostage. Like that man don't sleep. He should have given out, uh, oh, that's what they could do if Wendy becomes champion. They could give out mats that everyone could take a nap on. So, you know, and then, you know, we'll get a story read to us. Maybe they could bring in a different legend each week to read a story. Everyone could take a little bit of a nap. And uh, then after we get, uh, you know, orange slices and uh, Capri Sun. I like the idea. And the shot she wins, we got to wear a onesie. <laughs> oh, I have a onesie. Don't, don't tempt me into a onesie. I've got a onesie. Too. Okay. Oh, well. Okay. Everybody, if she wins, if she wins, we're showing up in what? What does it say about all of us? Is, like, what's, what's the weird unify fire here that we all want onesies? We're wrestling fans. Uh, yeah, but no, I think uh, they bring in a different champ every week, and I want the Undertaker to come in and read where the red fern grows, and uh, then just watch everyone unravel with the last two chapters of that. Book. Oh, that would be great. That little Dan and little Ann. Good to good good times up until the last two chapters. <laughs> really, really swerves you at the end there. It's kind of like Charlotte's Web. You know, I thought this was just feel good story about life, love and learning. But oh, no, you're going to cry. Uh, so when did you for NXT champion? No. Well, yeah, we'll see. This did nothing to convince me that that's where this is going. But it did look impressive for her to do that table spot on Mandy Rose. Yeah. Solo Sokoa took on Duke Hudson tonight. He's got next. He's got next. Yeah, very He's interesting. So 
Because that seems like it's overshadowing even the NXT North American title match they're having this weekend. And that's why I feel like Cameron Grimes has to win it because I feel it would be a waste to just go from him and then Carmelo and then Solo. I do yeah. think that Solo's time is coming. And whoever wins that match is going to drop the title to Solo. Yeah, I have a feeling it's gonna be Carm- uh, it's gonna be Cameron Grimes, and then he's gonna take it from um, Cameron Grimes. I don't know who he takes it from, but you you have to you have to do it. I feel like he's ready. He's he's even more comfortable than Mike. He got that promo backstage, and I really enjoyed yeah. listening to him. Like he doesn't talk too often, but I I thought he was great tonight. And he's in ring. He's getting better and better every week. Yeah. Um, so we got that win tonight. Uh, I saw Tiffany. I got to admit, I really like Tiffany Stratton's promo tonight for the NXT breakout championship. Me too. This is, I love WWE. Yeah. I love the difference in the stories that they're telling us with Roxanne and Tiffany, like Tiffany just grew up being an athlete and in greatness and surrounded by all this where, you know, when, where Roxanne had to like claw and and learn her way and and do the things. I really, really like this video package just because it gives you a little bit more on on the two different athletes that they are. So I I enjoy both, but I, I, Tiffany, I liked her since the beginning. So except for she's fake rich, but we don't have to talk about that. She she should win. Nikita Lyons should have won. I hope Nikita's doing well. I don't feel like we're talking enough. I'm not getting enough updates on Nikita Lyons. Well, yeah. Hopefully she's, she comes she's self, back. She's self-destructing on social media, but that's wait, what wait, what's she yeah. doing on social well, media? You might want to go and look. It's a lot Uh-oh. of patriotism going on here. And listen, Uh-oh. I don't yeah. want to define somebody by the political oh, views, Jesus. or I don't like them because but like Nikita uh, oh, Lyons is wilding right now. <laughs> But uh, more power listen, to you. Listen, uh, listen, don't 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 do this. You know, you're almost there. You you were you were you were you were right there, girl, and now you're gonna no. Okay, I'm watching her do a Memorial Day dance with nunchucks. I mean Nikita Wilder. Listen, when we're not on the air, just listen to the lyrics of the song that she oh, okay. chose to have in the background, okay? Oh. <laughs> oh man. It's not it. It's not it. <laughs> She's living her truth, man. Yeah, unity for all. Glenn, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Is this bre- Glenn, is your heart breaking on the air as we uh, unfold with this podcast? It might be, it might be, <laughs> but we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to see. Hey, here's the thing with uh, these two promos. I did think they were very good because these are like WWE is very limited in how they can present women, and this is the only two tricks that they know. They know the starry-eyed Cora J type, or they know the mean girl type, and those are the only two things they know how to do. And they did them great with, I thought both promos were done very well in terms of their characters. It was, uh, they did a good job endearing Roxanne Perez to you. And then they turned around and had Tiffany Stratton be this cold, well, I'm an athlete and just very mean things about, she didn't go to prom. That's because nobody asked her, Uh, but I thought they both did a good job. (laughs) I actually like the airplane line because when I was watching uh, Roxanne's promo, I was like, you couldn't fly there? Like, girl, like, take, take a spirit flight. It was probably like 20 bucks. Like, chill. <laughs> well, uh, the biggest non-surprise of this week is that Thea Hale, who just is a graduating high school, has chosen what university she's going to be going to, Let's and it's go. Chase U. Let's go. We called it. We called it. What else? What else needs to be said? Yeah, I was very excited. Like, I was thinking, like, oh, that would be funny if they did it. But I didn't have the faith in them to actually do it. So when they did do it, I really kind of fell for it. I thought they were just going to try to get some mainstream buzz by having this athlete, which I don't think this is a bad idea. I really do think that they should have these athletes go on to WWE TV and decide where they're going to go. That will get them some buzz on ESPN. So I thought that's what they were going for. And when she actually made this into a gimmick for Chase U, I legitimately popped. I thought it was great. Me too. (laughs) 
Um, Grayson Waller took on Josh Briggs. Got a pretty easy win. Manny was going hard on uh, uh, dissing uh, Brooks and Dunn and Fallon Henry. Yeah, they did that Henry. backstage. Set. I really didn't yeah. like that segment. And I thought Duke was fine. I just don't like how they position it. It just looks so fake and canned. And um, yeah, but they they did a fine job, just kind of putting Briggs in there. Was it Briggs or wh- whoever it was as the big <laughs> imposing threat? And, uh, you know, this is something for him to do. It seems like they, they just wanted to put him on TV. Yeah, I, I really like the Justin Timberlake cosplay. It's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, after uh, how the Jericho Appreciation Society was dressed the other night, I think the boy band tributes are all the rage right now. It's back. Um, and then Von Wagner came down and attacked Briggs after. I don't know. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm gonna do it. I don't but, know uh, what Von Wagner needs to do. Like he could go and rescue puppies, and I will still roll my eyes. Like I can't. Yeah. <laughs> wow, even for a puppy rescue. <laughs> Maybe uh, two yeah. puppies, and then I'll be impressed. Okay, fine. Ivy Nile took on Kiana James. Yeah, this was this great. I fine. love seeing her one-on-one action. This is good. Yeah. This is just fine. I thought Kiana James showed me something. This is they work well together. Yeah, the but the whole statistics and predictions and math accounting thing, I feel like this has been done to death. In professional it has, wrestling. but Kiana's very committed to it. Like I, I, yeah. I agree, this is not the most creative character, but Kiana's putting her all into it. Like how she was screaming at Ivy, she's got a charisma about her, and she's listen. It's not my favorite character type, but she's putting a lot into it. So hopefully, she's able to make it work. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. Uh, but Ivy Nile, I think, is going to be better off with Diamond by Monday. herself. No, by yes. herself, she should be the one. I think to if uh, Nikita Lyons is going to be injured slash wilding on Twitter, uh, and WWE doesn't want any of that attention, then I think Ivy Nile should be in their consideration. Yep. Uh, Terry Allen Jr. wants to know, Alfred, do you attend anime? I do not. Are you That's attending the- Dynamite tomorrow? I am attending Dynamite tomorrow. You're goddamn right Ooh, I am. Right here in my backyard. Fun. Let's go. Have fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll have fun. I'll be... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I'll have a lot of fun. It's good. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. I, I really can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. To, you know. Wednesday nights are always uh, lit. My squad. And uh, I've never been to an AEW event before. Really? Really? Never. No, they've never come uh, out to the West Coast. Why should... Oh, they come out to Vegas every year, but, um, you know, there's always something that happens that, that it can't work, but finally they're coming out to LA uh, proper, which is going to be fun. Have fun. Yes, I'm playing. It should be a hot show. should be a newsworthy show. But, yeah. Uh, if the street, I mean, the streets have been buzzing all week, and if <laughs> what I hear is, is true, it should be pretty newsworthy. Uh, so, Giovanni Vinci. Yeah. Are you excited? He skis. Yeah. What an old car that still requires skis. What is that? That don't impress me much. You know what I hope is that they don't know who they want to play this character yet, but they just like the idea because <laughs> they they're not showing anybody. They're just saying who this person is. So they'll just keep running these. And then when they find somebody who could be Giovanni, they have a plan. Maybe Tony D'Angelo can play this character. He could moonlight. He could, he could be Giovanni and Tony D'Angelo. If it's more of him, let's go. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so the main event tonight. 
Cameron Grimes versus Nathan Frazier. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams on commentary during this. Alfred, what did you think of this match? I thought uh, the commentary was the most entertaining aspect of it. I thought they worked very well together. And this is a fine wrestling match, but I think Trick and Mello were great on commentary. And Wade Barrett, like, trying to be part of their posse is funny, too. <laughs> Wade with the fade. But I thought yeah. this was good. This is fine. Yeah, I thought we saw a lot of really good action from Nathan Fraser tonight. I was I was paying attention to his moves. I actually thought he looked better than Cameron Grimes in certain spots. Um, I don't know, Cameron Grimes for me, like his his rocket to the moon might be turning around. Like they, oh. I, 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 I feel <laughs> I feel like they put him in the wrong feud after they finally made him champion. Like you should have put him in a feud against somebody that people might not be so behind. But put him against Cameron Grimes and Solo is like mm. the kiss of death for his title reign. You should have put him against like a Grayson Waller or a Duke. Hudson just to establish him as a champion before you put him in a situation where he's battling against two people that the crowd is in favor of. Yeah. Hmm. So he won this match and uh, Nathan Frazier looked pretty good. Pretty uh, solid outing overall. I don't know about I don't know, for the main events are tough on NXT sometimes, um, but Carmelo and Trick rushed the ring after Grimes escaped and celebrated with this title. They stared at each other. So I mean, Saturday, look, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with this? I think what I like about this NXT takeover in your house coming up is that because NXT is not on fire right now, we had Braun Breaker backstage. Uh, there was a promo tonight. Joe Gacy playing mind games. Had the sound of him laughing coming out. Braun's freaked out. NXT feels so in a lull right now um, that because they've released so many people, no story is like, I mean, there's some good stories and there's some stuff we like, but it's not like there's, I can't miss NXT feud right now. Um, this is one of the worst NXT title feels that we've seen in a long, yeah, long well, time. And it's, yeah. I think it's dragging out of the entire show, but because of this, I really think anything could happen. Braun Breaker could be NXT champion at the end of the show. You mean Joe Gacy? Joe Gacy, sorry. Joe Gacy could be, see, you, I even get so, confused. So, so you are saying, <laughs> let me get this through, Glenn. So yeah. you're saying that NXT is struggling and you won Saturday with Joe Gacy and Wayne the Shoe as champions. Just Why not? Sure that- what do they have to lose? Yeah, like, seriously. I mean, that would be fitting for NXT and where it is right now, is that you, you do have Joe Gacy and the Sleepy Girl as champions. These two complete gimmicks from like the 90s era of Vince McMahon's mind. Like this would really be more of a fitting depiction of where we've come for NXT 2.0 because you have these two champions who are more, they're actually doing a good job with their champions. I think that's the only thing they're doing. Even Braun Breaker, they're doing a good job with his matches and presentation as a star, but creatively it's been bad. So why not put the titles on somebody who fits how bad the creative has been? And um, Okay, let me, let me just put this out there, okay? Um, Mandy Rose wins and retains. Yeah, I could see Alba Fire. I could see there's some other women that could step up to challenge her. And that's one direction they could go. Braun Breaker retains. It's Solo Sokoa, probably next in line, probably winning. Um, so Sola, Alba. I mean, that feels like, I don't want to say a light version of what we've seen before in NXT. Like, it feels kind of like... So that's some classic NXT booking, but the people that were booking NXT that did well in that era are no longer there or in charge. No. So I don't know how they'll do with that. I, I mean, Solo and Alba could be a step up from what we have right now. But Wendy and Joe Gacy, that's one of those, this is so crazy, it just might work sort of moves. 
Really? Well, I, I mean, they would be playing with they would be playing with Alifier by going with that tandem. <laughs> but I don't yeah. think it matters as much. I just think I don't think it matters as much who the champion is. They just do what they're doing. And Vince McMahon has now this license to use NXT as just kind of like this legitimate theater territory to the main roster where everything that they're doing there is what he's going to want them to do on the main roster. That would be, I don't think USA network would go for this five, six years ago, but because they need WWE so much now, WWE can kind of do whatever it wants. It seems like. Um, Tornado wants to know out for tomorrow. Will you be recruiting in the baddies section to try and get I, baddies and Jade to yes. go to Applebee's after? Well, been, their discussions are ongoing. That is a I, I've been story. saying this movement in our chat, and I am with it. But Alfred, for the baddie section, please. Uh, please, I would, love to, I would love to be part of it. Allison Tuckwab, 999. Uh, thank you, Allison, saying, do you think WWE and AEW meet on the road because of their schedules? Uh, 100%. Uh, some of the news stories we covered might have suggested that. But uh, 100%, I do think that WWE and AEW athletes meet with each other. And we'll keep it at that. What's uh, a funny one? No, well, I'm not even going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's talk about the card for NXT TakeOver in your house. We'll be here Saturday night to cover right after that goes off the air. Cameron Grimes versus Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams for the NXT North American Championship. Alfred, who you got? I have Grimes. I think Grimes wins this and then drops it to Solo Sokoa. Issa? Same. Okay. Pretty Deadly versus Creed for the NXT Tag Team Champion uh, Championship. Issa, who you got? Yes, boy. Pretty Deadly. Yes, boy. There you go. <laughs> Braun Breaker versus America's Sweetheart, Joe Gacy, for the NXT Championship. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That, uh, that has to be a meme of Issa. That, that look that she just... <laughs> uh, did you say vacant, Issa? Yes, I said vacant. <laughs> Brown Breaker, Brown Breaker, fine. Yeah, I'll go with Brown Breaker. Why not? There you go. And Toxic Attraction versus Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Alfred? Toxic Attraction. Toxic Attraction. No and title changes. Mandy Rose versus Wendy Chu for the NXT Women's Championship. <laughs> uh, it's Mandy Rose. Sorry, Glenn. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll go with Mandy Rose. Okay. Please okay. stop. But the real main event, well, we all want to know, Tony D'Angelo stacks two dimes yes. versus Legato Del yes. Fantasma. Who has to join? The, who's going to win and make the other team join their crime family? Tony D'Angelo. Nope. Alfred's muted. Alfred's muted. I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? I accidentally hit the mute button. Hello? Yeah. 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 We yeah. Got you. I'm done with the goat. Okay. The there you go. Forget about it. Saturday night. We'll be back here to talk about all of this. Thank you everyone for joining us tonight. It's been a fun show. I need to go and uh, read Twitter apparently and see what's been going on. <laughs> um, so uh, look, have a good week, everyone. We will catch you back here on Saturday. Tune in tomorrow night for dynamite. MJF carried on a stretcher. If I'm MJF, I announce that doctors have said my injuries will keep me from competing again until January first, twenty twenty-four. I think he needs to say that they poisoned him when they put the oxygen in his eyes instead of, you know, see how they put the oxygen mask like right in his eyes. He's probably blind. <laughs>
<laughs> we'll see. Tune in tomorrow night. We'll catch you back here Friday for SmackDown and Rampage, which is going to be live from lovely Yay. Ontario, California. Uh, absolutely. So uh, have a good one, everyone. We'll catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.